The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You are now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Back in the house, Dr. Elizabeth Plords. Now, last time she came on, we were talking about 5G, electromagnetic radiation, uh, microwaves, smart meters, which I call kill boxes now because that's what they are. They're killing us. And... Um, we went deep into these types of things. Now, Elizabeth's background, she is highly sensitive to these electromagnetic frequencies. And she's also a scientist and a researcher. She's uh, been doing that for a long time. And today I wanted to switch gears, though, because before that she got into the, her awareness of 5G and all that stuff, and she actually fixed her problems uh, through a, a, some wonderful little devices that actually harmonize these frequencies instead of blocking them. Um, which we'll get into a little bit because some of this does apply to um, our topic today. But we want to get you guys really deep into one of the things that she's written a book on, um, which is hysterectomies, ovary removals, uh, and hormone replacement. In fact, that's the title of our book, Your Guide to Hysterectomy, Ovary Removal, and Hormone Replacement. What all women need to know, right? So man, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on uh, as a guest. Um, I'm glad you were able to get back on. I'm so glad. I really am. Thank you so much because this is information that absolutely every woman needs to know because your doctors are trained entirely different as to what's really healthy for your body. Yeah. So because why don't you give the listeners a quick, just a quick snapshot, like your background, your credentials and okay. um, um, like how much you actually had a, a practice where you were seeing patients, correct? I, I do consulting around the world. So it's all on phone. All awesome. Phone yeah, you, yeah. Explain your background and kind of how you got into, well, it was your own, your own issue is what happened, but just go ahead and get into that. Right. Okay. So I'm a clinical laboratory scientist. So I started out with a real heavy foundation of biochemistry. And then um, I, it, when I was 43, I had a hysterectomy and the doctor never once mentioned my ovaries. And I woke up out of anesthesia with a nurse trying to shove an estrogen pill down my throat. And I said, what's this? And she said, it's estrogen. The doctor took your ovaries and he doesn't want you to feel the effect of their loss, which is just, just absolutely mind boggling that within a few hours of losing the ovaries, I would feel the effect of their loss. And yet they... The medical community has felt that they were so unnecessary. And the uterus and ovaries are unnecessary after childbearing. That's their only use. And that uh, they're just places for cancers to start, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer. So to protect the woman, I had no recourse because it's in the OBGYN guidelines to protect the woman from future cancer. If she's over 40, when she's on the operating table, you take their ovaries uh to not have well, wait a minute cancer. what what were you getting surgery for in the first place okay so i i was in adrenal fatigue i was working too much uh so my body was not um, making the progesterone 
uh, I was just bleeding horribly. I was having to stay home with bath towels. That's how badly I was bleeding. And over years, I went to different doctors that their only answer was hysterectomy. It, it, no other answer except hysterectomy. And it wasn't until after they removed my organs that I realized all I needed was progesterone. Progesterone would have stopped the bleeding and calmed it down. And so uh, your, your lifestyle, basically the environment that you created from your hectic lifestyle, working too much, had shut down your own progesterone production. Right. And that's it. So, you know, yeah. you now looking back, do you think that you could have, you know, done some things to boost your immune system and meditation and de-stressing and that could have brought you back? Well, the progesterone alone. So it, you, when, when our adrenals don't work like normal, which when you're stressed, they don't. And so you don't have precursors to the progesterone. And so, so you, you're not making progesterone and it's the loss of progesterone that makes the uterine bleed. So, okay. and, and this is going on. I, I just counseled a woman this week that that, that was her problem. She had stopped ovulating and, uh, and then without ovulation, the, when the ovarian follicle ruptures ovulates, what's left is called a corpus luteum. And that is pure progesterone. And that just slowly dissolves into the blood until when it's finally dissolved, that's when the menstrual cycle, that's when the, the period starts. Hmm. So it's the lack of progesterone that causes that uterine bleed. So how old were you when you started having issues and bleeding? Uh, 40. I went okay. on like that for about three years. And uh, finally, when a female gynecologist said, oh, you, hysterectomy is your only answer, I, I finally just caved. Uh, because it was really affecting my lifestyle. It was really affecting my ability to work because I couldn't go to work on those mm -hmm. first few days at all. So, um, and I believed the doctor. Th this is the thing. We, we are trained here in America to believe the doctor. Uh, I counseled a woman from France and uh, she said, the doctor told me I had to have a hysterectomy. And I said, what would I have to have that for? I'm not about to do that. So very different culture uh, mm -hmm. in France compared to here in America. Yeah, they'll they'll strike for everything. <laughs> <laughs> they don't put up with nothing over there. Yeah. So so um anyway, over time I finally found a doctor. I crashed and burned because my adrenals were so shot. And so I couldn't do anything. I was just I was exhausted. I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to talk to people. Uh, the doctors only told me, you're just mourning the loss of your womb. I'll refer you to a psychiatrist. Mm, more pills. And I knew I wasn't mourning the loss of my womb. I'd almost died with my third child. It was horrendous. The doctor said, don't you dare have another baby. So I wasn't mourning the loss of my womb. I knew that. And uh, I finally, I had been calling on doctors from Texas to Hawaii. So I talked to all those doctors trying to get answers and help. And uh, I finally found one doctor in that whole geography that knew what I was going through. And she started helping me, started helping me with hormone replacement that I needed desperately. And so when I finally got my brain balance, my body balance with the hormones, I thought if there's only one doctor out of this whole area that knows 
what I need. I need to figure out how to help myself. And I had the biochemistry background, so I knew I could do the research. So I literally lived at the UCLA Biomedical Library for 11 years. I wrote, I read every single thing written about hysterectomy over removal, even going back to the 1890s when they first started removing women's ovaries. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the thing is interesting is 1890 when these women were describing what they were experiencing on having their ovaries removed was the exact same thing I was describing to my doctors. Mm -hmm. you know, one thing that I think is unfortunate is that statistically most of the um, the the doctors that are the gynecologists are men. That's true. Yeah. Not women. Right. right? And I remember I, I read your forward last night from uh, Dr. Norman Sheely, medical doctor and PhD, um, professor of energy medicine. Um, and he said that um, as late as the mid 1950s, the journal obstetric, uh, obstetrics, gynecology and surgery had an editorial suggesting that all women should have hysterectomies after their childbearing years. Obviously, all men should then be castrated after their child burning age. Okay. Such insane suggestions go far beyond common sense, which uh, my father always said was the most uncommon commodity. So it's kind of crazy that it's, it's in the books. It's like, woman's done having kids. We take all that stuff out because we want to save her from cancer, right? right. So they're not, they, see, what they did was, is they compartmentalized you in the very beginning. It's like, oh, we'll just take it out and we'll fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Where the real issue was adrenal fatigue that was mm -hmm. stopping your progesterone. So if they looked at your body as an entire system and had personalized precision medicine for you at that point, you would have been fine. And then they could have given you progesterone right then on the spot. You would have been right. fine. But then the goal would be to say, hey, look, if I was a really good doctor, it'd be like, hey, we're going to give you progesterone for this situation. And then, but what we want you to do is you need to, you need to change your lifestyle because we want to get you off of this. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, quit my 80 hour week, a week job, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe quit a job or, or maybe, you know, 80 hours a week or cut back a little bit, or maybe just keep doing what you're doing, but you have to do things in place to balance that like right. meditation and prayer and, and, um, you know, sound baths and, you know, and just, you know, yoga and moving your body and exercise and making sure you're getting good sleep and sunshine and blah, 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 you know, drinking green juices, right, yeah. all the things we can do, right? right yeah. That would be the most common sense path. But like this gentleman said, what his father said is that common sense is an uncommon commodity nowadays. Absolutely. It's yeah. in the books. We got to do it. That's what it says. And we have to follow standard of care written by pharmaceutical companies. Now, how much what what does it cost to do a hysterectomy today? How much does a hospital make to do a hysterectomy? Well, I, I don't know anymore. I, I I did when I wrote that book, and it's been you know a couple of decades. But um, yeah, no, it's they get a lot of money for it, and they get a lot more money if they remove the ovaries at the same time. So eighty four hundred and thirteen dollars for a vaginal or abdominal hysterectomy with an endoscope. Wow. Yeah, it's um, outpatient surgical good. center. This other place is, uh, oh, it's 4,200, basically 4,200 to 8,400 roughly, depending, right? So, you know, I wonder how many hysterectomies are performed annually. Oh, uh, there, at the time I wrote the book, it was 660,000 in America. Wow. Yeah. Hysterectomies um, per year. 
remember what it says here on that. Let's look. Yeah, approximately six hundred thousand. So if you take, wow. Let me just. I, I can't use it on my calculator because it, uh, you know, it won't work. But on the um, free calculator online, we can do it. So if we take six hundred thousand, I do that right. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. And I go backspace and I times that by. We'll just go up in the middle. Five thousand bucks equals. Okay, there's that. And $3 billion industry just for the surgery. That, that doesn't include anything else, right? And that doesn't include the horrendous amount of follow-up medical bills for all the ways the body starts deteriorating. $3 billion and to, uh, well. To destroy the bodies that need help from then on. Because there is so much. I That book, I, it's got over a thousand references in it, proving how important the ovaries are, how important the uterus is, that we need it. What happens is when you- Let's talk about that. How important is the ovary and the uterus after your childbearing years? What are, the, what are some of the things that it, it does? I, I know it's about hormones and stuff and keep your hormones balanced, but you, you would, you'd be able to speak to that better. Well, the uterus itself is supported by the strongest ligaments in the body. And it has to be because it's got to hold the nine month fetus. Mm. fetus. And so- uh, you have to cut those strong ligaments in order to get the uterus out. So the whole spine starts falling down. Holy so, crap. It's a major mechanical. Yes, it is. Deal. It really is. And, and they used to wow. automatically take the cervix. And then the cervix is got this incredible complex of nerves that help a woman respond sexually and you're cutting out all those nerves. So you can't really respond sexually anymore like you used to. Um, so it's, it's amazing. Plus the moisture, um, you're really harming that all those tissues down there, uh, they start deteriorating, especially without estrogen, they start deteriorating very rapidly, becoming very dry, very brittle, tear easily. And uh, it's difficult for women to have sex because, because those tissues are so tender and not healthy anymore. So it, just the mechanical alone is, is devastating. So for, sex, for sexual experiences, you lose, your, lose the drive, number one. Right. Number two, you lose moisture. And you lose the, the nerve complex. It's called Frankenhauser's complex. And you lose the all sensitivity. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So sucks. Um, yeah. So what's blowing me away is like the spinal health thing. Are, are, are they able to do anything today where they can remove the ovaries and, and uh, do, do a hysterectomy, but not damage that ligament that supports the spine? Well, you wouldn't be able to remove the uterus without mm. cutting it. So you're just screwed. Yeah. Right. And yeah. spinal health, my God, I mean, that's what houses and protects um, our nervous system. Absolutely. Which is our electrical communication system for the whole body. Right. So if and the spine's damaged, you're actually disrupting electrical communication throughout your entire body. Right. And Organs, and everything, hands, feet, legs, knees. And they fall down. You're very susceptible to the, you know, needing a chiropractor <laughs> to help you put your vertebrae back in place.
I would make a, a guess that by doing a hysterectomy, this would also, because it's throwing off the whole electrical grid and the hormones that most likely this is a, a, a contributing factor to osteoporosis and osteopenia. Do you know much about oh, that? Absolutely. In fact, once you remove the ovaries, the literature I've got that in the book documented 12 months after removing the ovaries without estrogen replacement, the woman's in osteopenia. There, there's no doubt about it. 12 months. You know, this is crazy. Like, I, oh my God, this is just another thing. See, because when, you know, people usually talk about osteoporosis, osteopenia and stuff like that, they're like, well, you know, milk does the body's good, right? So we talk about cow's milk and we usually have to educate our clients on this because, you know, I just put it to them with the questions like, what's the purpose of cow's milk in nature? Well, they've never thought about that before. Well, it's uh, for a baby cow, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. What's the purpose of human baby or human milk in nature? Well, it's for a baby human. I was like, is there any other species on the planet that drinks from the breast of another species? You know, <laughs> it's pretty rare. Maybe you get an orphan puppy or an orphan cat that will, you know, the, the little kitty cat will nurse on the little dog or whatever. I mean, this stuff does happen, right? It's, it's rare. And I could understand back in Little House in the Prairie days, if your wife got sick and was ill and dried up or died, um, you know, maybe the guy would go out and milk the cow and feed the baby. Okay, that would be a logical thing. But barring that, why, why are we doing it? Well, milk does a body good. It's got calcium for strong bones. So that's what we've been taught. We've been taught these things, right? right. And then what I did was I looked it up and I looked up the countries that had the highest consumption of dairy products. United States, Canada, um, Ireland, these types, Switzerland, these types of places. And guess what? They had the highest incidence of bone fractures, osteoporosis, and osteopenia. So it, how, how does it make any sense that if we drink the most milk, cow's milk, then based on what we're told, then why are, why are those countries having the highest amounts? We should have the lowest amounts of osteoporosis, osteopenia, and bone fractures, but we don't. It's because when the milk goes into the body, it actually is very acidic and it, le it, it it's the body has to deal with it. And it actually leaches our own calcium out of our bones to neutralize that acidity. It does the exact opposite of what we're told. And now it's blowing my mind with 600,000 women a year are basically being thrown into a storm of osteoporosis. Absolutely. And the, so in, so they've been saving, they've been saving more ovaries uh, and uh, and leaving them, but a third of them shut down after having the uterus removed. So so they're still suffering from hormone loss, and the bones, the, all the hormones work by having a receptor. Mm -hmm. So wherever estrogen receptor is, or progesterone receptor is, testosterone receptor is, that's that's where those hormones go. And bone has receptors for all three of those hormones. We need all three in order to maintain bone strength. We really do. And, and the Women's Health Initiative done by our National Institutes of Health, which have never been done because it was done with Premarin, which is, which is uh, horse urine. And it's got horse estrogens. <laughs> it's not human. It, it's got a 17 alpha estradiol. Our human is 17 beta estradiol. So it doesn't do the same thing for the body. Mm -hmm. And then they used um, Provera, which is 
a synthetic alternative of our natural progesterone. Our natural progesterone is very anti-cancer. The Provera actually creates cancer. And so we did this whole study. It was gonna go, I think it was 10 years, 16,000 women. They stopped it at two years uh, due to the problems they were seeing, including cancer. And, uh, and then saying, oh, well, our estrogen causes cancer. Our human estrogen is not, was not involved in that study. And yet it's gone worldwide. When I talk to women in New Zealand, Australia, around the world, oh, my doctor won't give it to me because of your study, it, it, the estrogen. So we, we did a huge injustice to the whole world by that study, mm. which I, I wanted to write to them when, they, when I found out they were gonna do it. And when they stopped the study, those of us that have been connected, other doctors around the nation connected in, in this whole movement, like what you're creating, the, um, we were calling each other, congratulating each other when they stopped the study, thinking, oh, they finally understand it doesn't work. Uh, they didn't, they, all they did was reduce the dose. Mm. So it's still bad medicine, just less of it. Mm. That's all they did. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to continue this conversation on uh, hysterectomies and ovary removal. We'll be right back. Humans only use 10% of the brain. That can't change no matter how much we try. But you don't need to limit your body to the same standards. Bring your cells to 100% with Green 85 Juice Formula. Replace 85% of nutrients your body needs to function to the next level. Our chemical-free juice formula is 100% organic, contains no stimulants, and is made right here in the USA. Visit ChemicalFreeBody.com and get Green 85 shipped right to your door. ChemicalFreeBody.com What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Dr. Elizabeth Plords. We're talking everything about hysterectomies and ovary removal and hormone replacement, which we'll get to in the third part. Um, really interesting stuff. I mean, I am learning so much. Um, I had no idea that hysterectomies actually destroy spinal health, um, the sex drive stuff. We talked about osteoporosis and osteopenia. I wanted to talk about... Um, uh, this possibly being an issue for people with, for high blood pressure, how does that, how can getting a hysterectomy give somebody high blood pressure? Absolutely. So I, this was really, it took me a while to do this research to figure this, what happened. So I had always had perfect high blood pressure, 120 over 70, even in the ninth month of pregnancy and the doctors would say, Oh, you're going to live to be a hundred. Your blood pressure is so great. The day after my surgery, uh, I was so high, they were concerned about me mm. in the hospital. And um, I remained that high. Uh, they put me on high blood pressure meds. In fact, it was so high, I wound up in the emergency room. They put me on blood pressure meds, which just made me sick. I tried all each of the five classes of blood pressure meds. Each one made me sick. I decided I'd rather die of a stroke than feel like this every day. Mm. Um, so, but I finally found the, there's a substance P that's the, is in the uterus and it's very involved in maintaining blood pressure. So you take that away. And so you no longer have this, this uh, balance. What's, what's that substance called? It's P, the letter P. Oh, it's letter P. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So 
So it, that finally made sense to me of why I'm, you know, why it was immediately thrown into a high blood pressure situation. How did you remedy that if you did? Um, actually, I'm just taking CoQ10. Oh. Um, CoQ10, just if I take it daily, um, you know, my blood pressure is usually normal, close to normal. Uh, now that I'm a little older, it's more like up at 130. And do you but... take the ubiquinol form? Yes, I do. Okay, that's right. pretty important. Yeah. And for those, for those listening, that's really important to do that ubiquinol form. Yes. And it's interesting because I, when I go on a road trip, I don't take it with me because it's refrigerated. And so I hadn't taken it for two weeks. I'd been on a two week speaking tour and uh, I happened to have an appointment with my primary care person and my blood pressure was really high. And I said, oh, I haven't taken my CoQ10 for two weeks. Her response was, oh, that's okay. Just take it and you'll be fine. So, so they know about these mm. answers. That's that good. That's good. There's a solution there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, cause you know, it's, it sucks. Cause it's like, now, first off, I do want to say this. There are some people in some circum circumstances where they will, they, they might need a hysterectomy and ovary removal. They might have to do that. But there's a tremendous, if you're, what you're probably learning here today is there's a tremendous amount of fallout after that surgery and it can affect many things. That's why I want to go through these issues one by one and point them out. So if you're listening today or you know somebody that has had hysterectomy removal and maybe they're dealing with high blood pressure and they can't figure it out, wow, maybe this is a, this could really improve their quality of life. Or we find out about, um, you know, other stuff like the, the spinal health. And then, wow, now you have to, you know, do some things to strengthen your, your back and your ligaments and tendons and muscles around your back to make up for the loss of those ligaments being cut during surgery, right? So what I want to talk about now is like um, something that's, you know, besides dietary, this is going to blow a lot of people's minds, which is how can somebody get a hysterectomy and ovary removal and it actually starts building up plaque in their arteries? How does this, how does it lead to osteo, um, arterial sclerosis? Yeah, it's just amazing. So the ovarian hormones are very involved in heart health, tremendously involved. And, um, and in fact, uh, one of the doctors who had heard my lectures, he sent us a pre-publication article. This is a few years ago. And he says, here, I'm sending this to you pre-publication because I proved everything you've been saying. And what he had looked at was women who had had a hysterectomy over removal, taken hormone replacement or not. And those who had had their ovaries removed and not taken hormone replacement died earlier and they tw twice as many of them died from cardiovascular disease. Because Does it have something to do with um, disrupting the endothelial cells and nitric oxygen production? That's, that's part of it too, but it, it helps your arteries stay healthy so mm. we really need to yeah be have these healthy arteries so um so for arterial sclerosis this is uh, the solution which we're going to get to in the third segment is is hormone replacement therapy yes well okay. the whole body needs it every tissue of the body has receptors for the ovarian estrogen every tissue the brain the eyes uh the joints uh, the muscles, it, it's just amazing, which means that those ovarian hormones are important for 
all of our tissues, all of it, our bladder. Um, one of the first wow. signs. Wow, that's, yeah. that, that's a big statement that you just made there. And it just goes to prove that our body is a, is a system and right. it's the interconnections because it's, it's kind of obvious now, if you look at this from a system standpoint an engineering, biological engineering standpoint, if every tissue in a woman's body has ovarian estrogen receptors, then it makes common sense that if the, you know, if, if the uh, over, ovaries are removed, where are they going to get the receptors are not going to be getting what they need. Right. right. There's going to be when a deficiency in the entire body. The whole system is going to shut down at some level. Yeah. Right. Very involved in joints. One of the things that happened, it took me a long time to find hormone replacement. My body would absorb. I didn't absorb pills, which I'm so glad because hormones through the stomach, through the liver is, is very toxic. So I was very glad. And I didn't absorb through the skin, the creams. I just, yeah, so never absorbed those. So it took me years to find hormone re replacement that I absorb and they're little pellets. Um, and so they're about the size of it, smaller than a Tic Tac and they're embedded under the skin and they slowly dissolve over three to five, six months. Mm. And that's when the only way I finally felt like me. Mm, good. You know, I, I it just, I woke up one morning going, I'm me. I mean, it was that much of a difference <laughs> than awesome. how I felt. Yeah. So, um, and that's what we want. We want you to wake up and feel good. That's what right. we want for everybody listening. We want you to wake up and feel good. So if you're not, there's always a solution. We just got to keep digging. So, um, anyway, keep going. This is great, Absolutely. great information. So one of the things that happened during those years, I couldn't get hormone replacement was I got horrible osteoarthritis, just horrible in my fingers, just so painful. I couldn't hold hands with my husband. If he happened to roll over in the middle of the night and touch my hand, I'd be awake like a shot. They were, they were that painful. Mm. And um, they were all gnarled, twisted, horrible. And I don't know if you can see, but- You started, you started no getting longer. some contortion from it, yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no more of these big, huge, swollen joints that are twisted. Um, so hey, real, really quick, I wanna share something with you. I don't know if you've done this, but for when people have arthritis, a really good therapy you guys might want to write this down that are listening because it's very powerful. Besides the hormone replacement therapy, which is going to get to the root of the problem, you can actually um, uh, take the, um, uh, like your hands and feet, like if, if it's your hands and feet that have that arthritis, you can take a, a, a organic cotton sock and you soak it in fresh wheatgrass juice. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Put it on the hand. And then you cover that with a plastic bag and then put a rubber band around it or tie it with something. Wow. And then you take another cotton sock that's clean and dry and you put it over the top of it and then you go to sleep. Wow. And then you wake up in the morning and you take that off, rinse it off because it's green. And then you massage the joints and you start breaking up those um, accumulations in there. Wow. wow. Now, this will help get your mobility back quicker. It's not going to, you can't really fix the contortion that's already happened, but you at least get back. And we've, we've, this has been something where people have been able to, women have been able to like, you know, get back to knitting. It was something that was very, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Hands weren't working. Just mm -hmm. writing, holding a baby, you know, just the activities of daily living. And a lot right. of us take for granted all of a sudden when your hands aren't working, it sucks. Yeah, it does. So anyway, I just wanted to share that because that's a little quick therapy that's natural at home that people can do with their feet or their hands. Right. Um, to help out. That's great. So, yeah. Anyway, so keep going. You had this arthritis. 
you're so, it's very painful what's what's going on there? so when i finally called the doctor and i said i you've got to find me hormones at work i was literally crying because i couldn't stop crying it, it just because that's part of the symptom of lack of estrogen and so that's what i was asking for help for was that i had horrible fibromyalgia to where i couldn't get out of bed or, miserable the, the doctor would say oh go swimming and i'm going you get this body swimming i can't so it i had these symptoms that i didn't relate to the hormones at all and so finally i found hormones at work and i absorbed them and i wasn't expecting my hands at four months quit hurting and at two years i looked at them and they're all back down to normal size just from wow. the hormones and uh, the fibromyalgia, once I finally absorbed those hormones, the fibromyalgia just disappeared like a bubble popping, just gone, just gone. Mm. So, and then I've got a section in my book about, I've, I started researching that and the ovarian hormones are very involved in, in not having that symptom, not having fibromyalgia, very involved. Oh. So these, these hormones are absolutely essential uh, they do five things in the eye. I don't have that in the book because I've found that out since. But five things in the eye to sure you have eye health as you age. Damn. But also Alzheimer's. Um, it, very important. The plaque that builds up with Alzheimer's is uh, disintegrated by 17-beta estradiol or, or ovarian hormone. And men have less Alzheimer's because the brain cells actually transform the testosterone, which you have more of, transform it into the 17-beta estradiol and prevent the plaque. Mm. So it's just, they're so important. In the bladder, one of my first symptoms when my hormone pellets run out is I start becoming incontinent. And uh, which- can you, can you explain that to people what incontinent means? Uh, that lose the ability to control your urine whether other stress incontinent or um, just just the inability to contract your so the the company depends that has the adult undergarments probably really likes that there's six hundred thousand hysterectomies a year going on it's good business when i walk down the depends aisle in the grocery store i'm just going i wish women would just get that all they need is hormones it's it's really a tragedy it really is well, I think this is a good segue into something that, because um, uh, my God, I mean, if, if every tissue has an ovarian estrogen receptor, and we just explained to you um, quite a few of the things that happen to your, the body when you don't have this, and men, we convert our testosterone into that estrogen so that, you know, we clean up that plaque. But, you know, let's talk about depression, because uh, it's like, you know, all this crap going on how depressed were you? Oh, I, I was crying constantly all day long, every day, every day. It just, and, and there was no, it wasn't that there was something in front of me. My life was very good. It's just, all I could do was cry and very involved in our serotonin. So seasonal depressive disorder, sad or season. Yeah. Sad. The seasonal affect depression, I, I can't remember the acronym, but uh, that's lack of serotonin from lack of sunshine. Mm -hmm. So the sunshine helps create the serotonin and then you feel good. 
You really do. And, and but, I you also, know, we have all of our elected officials now telling us to not go outside, not look oh, at the sun, don't look at sunsets, stay away from your friends, stay out, just get inside. I and know. That's like a death sentence for people. Right. The other thing is that the estrogen helps us be social. That's why we're more social than you men, because we have mm. more estrogen. And I felt I didn't want to be around people. I just, we had a Tuesday night group that met at our house for years. Love these people. I always, I come home from work on Tuesday night, just so excited to see them all. Until I could get hormones. Without my hormones, I came home, went in the bedroom and shut the door. I didn't want to talk to them. Just dreaded it. Yeah. So, so it's, it's amazing how much these hormones we don't need much i mean my little hormone pellet is very tiny almost like the head of a pin that's how small and it lasts almost six months okay we're gonna get more i want to get more into that in the third section because okay i really want to spend time on solutions in the third part for people so stay stay, stick around for that um we've already given you a couple of them like for blood pressure and stuff but um okay so wow so depression i mean because this this gets people down and then they just, uh, some people just get to the point, a bunch of women are just like, they just give up. Right. Absolutely. And then once you give up, that's it. If you lose the fight inside of you, it's, it's over. Right. But you kept right. fighting and fighting. And because you had this scientific research background, you just kept reading and learning and reading and learning until you like, boom, you figured something out. Right. Right. Because well, you were in I, that mindset. You figured it out. Right. And, and I kept reading because I realized that I could read these scientific and medical papers. And I know the average woman wouldn't be able to. And mm-hmm. so I was reading them for them because they deserve to know. They, they really do deserve to know. I, I, my menopause consultation that I've done is just, I can't believe the, the women that I hear from. I just, yeah. and I have a profile, I have them fill out and it's got all the symptoms. And when I read it, I just, I hurt because yeah. they've got so many symptoms and they're being told that their, their hormones are in normal value. And so they're not going to give them any hormones. Yeah. So. And we'll put a link down below in the description. So I want to be very clear that if you're dealing with, you know, you had a hysterectomy, ovaries removed and, or even, even went to hormone replacement, but you're struggling, maybe you're not doing it right or whatever in the wrong camp. Like Elizabeth has already like you know she's been out there she's been scouting all of this stuff for years and navigated and pretty much tried everything done everything wrong to figure out what works for her now with that said we believe in personalized precision medicine the right medicine for the right person at the right time so you know what worked for her i don't know might not work for everybody but it sounds like it, it it might need some modifications or whatever but my point is is like book an appointment with her like like she's done the work. She's a living, breathing example. She's not just some doctor that's was trained a certain way is trying to, you know, do certain things based on standard of care. She's like a patient that figured it out herself. And she just happens to have a scientific background so she can read all these things. So I just think it's important that there is hope like book, a book an appointment with her and, and, and go through a discovery period, at least find out because until you have first person experience, you don't know, but I think she's uh, blazed the trail and we'll make it very easy. And she has a book that you can read. And um, I just look forward to, I hope we get a lot of women that actually follow through with this, meet with you, and you get them plugged into the right hormone replacement therapy places. 
And then we, you know, four, five, six months from now, we start getting a flood of women that are like, things are starting to improve in their life and they have a better quality of life. I'm very excited about this episode. And, and it's so important because I, one of the things that I did when I was doing the research was I went to nursing homes and talked to women with unmendable broken hips because the osteoporosis, they, they don't mend because there's not enough bone to mend and they're in, in bed with diapers and it horrendous. Absolutely. And not only that, but the, the, the way osteoporosis uh, affects the bones in the neck is why is why they they get the uh forward curl over the like the hunchback in Notre Dame yeah, right yeah and and there's no need for any of that that's it just it makes me so angry with the medical profession so basically uh, like you if once you have a horm once you have your ovaries and your you have a hysterectomy right you you better be careful of accidents because you're not going to heal that's right Oh, absolutely. In fact, I have a chapter in my book because um, I was not healing. The chiropractor was trying to work with me and I was not healing, not healing. And he finally said, how are your hormones? And so yeah. I immediately uh, got the hormones that I could absorb. And that's when I healed over the next few months. Okay. Let's talk about one more thing before we take a break. I want to talk about weight gain because I, I i know in my practice i've worked with a ton of women and i just i just i i didn't put these two things together i didn't know i just what i did know is like these women are like you know i all of a sudden i just boom the weight comes on right i just i, I just it just i can't i don't know what's going on blah 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 and I'm thinking back and I'm like, oh crap, they probably had a hysterectomy. And I think I remember quite a few of them, like they just, they had this, they had this surgery, right? And I always told women in general, it's like, you came here to lose weight. Okay, great. But I don't want you to like think that you're going to take our gut detox and the toxic detox and the greens and, and the probiotics, do all this stuff. And then the weight's just going to fall off. Because usually for women on our program, it's like a four to six month period before their hormones kind of start balancing themselves out as we boost the immune system and reincorporate some of these uh, nutrients into our body and clean out a lot of this garbage and toxins that are weighing them down, including EMFs, um, and, and working on that, then the weight starts coming off, usually between that four to six month period. Now I have had, I had like this one nurse, she dropped 23 pounds her first month, right? And her husband only lost 12. But usually it's the dudes that lose weight quickly. And then the Absolutely. women, it takes a little bit longer because there's all this, you know, you got the, 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 the your the cycle and perimenopause and postmenopause and all these things. And now I'm thinking, wow, hysterectomy. So what's, what do you know about um, uh, women and, um, and, you know, getting these surgeries and then weight gain afterwards? Did you experience wow. that? Uh, one of my hairdressers, she cut my hair for years and she went through all my drama, all my horrendous um, incapacitation before I found hormones. So she, you know, once every six weeks, she's hearing my saga. Um, <laughs> we need to get and, her on. <laughs> right. So um, her husband called me and uh, he said, my wife wants me to get your book, your hormone book. And I said, so what's going on? Well, she had a hysterectomy. <laughs> I just, I'm going, what? And so I talked to her. In a year, she gained 100 pounds. In mm -hmm. a year, 
it just it just poured onto her. And I said, why did you get the hysterectomy? You saw what I went through. And she goes, well, Doctor. two of my friends had it and they were fine. And so, uh, but boy, she was going through as much, if not more than I went through. That'll lead to depression right there. Absolutely. Like Self-image issues, right? Right. Yeah. Very difficult. Can't figure uh, it out. Start trying all different types of pills and diets and all this stuff yeah. and nothing's working. And they don't understand that on a sub-basement level, like the the hormones are off it's just yeah they're not well, there yeah. anymore you've, you part of your body's gone right and it, 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 very important parts of your body really it just the, the more i studied the more i realized how valuable they are they they were put there for a reason and what percentage of hysterectomies do you think are necessary so only 10 percent of over removal of excuse me of uterine removal only 10 percent are for cancer and only 5% of over-removal are for cancer. And the rest of them, there's a lot of other reasons you could do and you know, conserve the ovaries, conserve the uterus. So, so wait, wait a minute. So what you're saying here is about, is it just 10% that are necessary? Yeah, right. 10%. So that means that about 540,000 unnecessary surgeries a year. That's right. That are gonna contribute to a cascade of lifelong issues. From weight gain, depression, uh, sexual uh, loss, um, of drive, osteoporosis, high blood pressure, atherosclerosis, arthritis, fibromyalgia, poor eye health, dot, 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 down the road. Yeah, it, it's it's totally amazing. Yeah. The and blood. even if you understand it and come to the solutions, what we're going to talk about in just a moment, then you're stuck taking therapy the rest of your life. Absolutely. That's true. That's so true. let's do this. Let's take it. Let's take a, a, a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to get into hormone replacement therapy and um, everything that you know about that and that you've learned. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Dr. Elizabeth Plords. And now we're going to dive into uh, hormone replacement. So this is for those of you that have had the hysterectomy, had the ovaries removed. Um, we're going to talk about the biggest solution that helped um, the, uh, Elizabeth here when she had her hysterectomy and which balanced out her entire body. So and right before we get into that, I do want to talk about since you're also an EMF expert in rogue frequencies, how do like the 5G, the cell phones, the smart meters, the or, AKA kill boxes, how do these things affect, affect some, a woman? I mean, we can talk about this even beforehand, like before the removal, like are, are, are these things leading to the problems to get it removed? And then after the removal, what are they still doing to the body? And what have you seen? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I also wanted to add, menopausal women on the hormone replacement because some women that are naturally menopausal do need hormone replacement and the medical community doesn't understand that or how to help them so it and it's 
critical. It really is because I can really look at women and and see they're estrogen deprived and they're naturally mm -hmm. menopausal. So okay, so, so let's talk about let's talk about the five G real quick, and then we'll get into all the hormone hormonal replacement questions that I have. Okay, so what happened for me? Why I got into uh, the EMF and explaining it was that menopausal women were excuse me, women were calling me with menopausal symptoms saying I must be premenopausal, saying that they headaches, can't sleep, tired, irritable. How old were they? Uh, well, they were 40, 41, 43. Mm -hmm. uh, and they all called within a few weeks of each other from the San Francisco Bay Area. And they all said the same thing, the insomnia, the headaches, irritable. Um, and when I looked at their six page profile, I haven't filled out. I knew none of them were menopausal. They were too young. The average age of menopause is 51. So it, they even told me that I'm too young for menopause, but I sure feel like it. So, and I spoke to each one in depth. The common denominator was the electrical smart meter going on their, their residence within mm. weeks or months because the San Francisco Bay Area got their smart meters way before we did in Southern California. So, uh, so definitely the headaches and insomnia, it, it, it's huge, huge problems with that. And those are very menopausal symptoms. So, uh, so that's how I got into it and started writing the book because as I, as I kept researching what the microwave radiation from these smart meters is causing, uh, it, the list of symptoms is huge, absolutely huge. But one of the things that the EMF causes is loss of progesterone. And then the loss of progesterone makes women start bleeding. And so like they, you did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so it, so it's 5g, very, 5g goes in. Um, some of these women are more hypersensitive or maybe they just live in closer proximity because maybe they're in a town home and there's a whole bunch of smart meters in there. Right. It's like mm -hmm. a freaking microwave oven. They're that's getting right. zapped. They're having these issues. They go in and then standard of care is like, let's just cut it out exactly let's get rid of it and then you right. lead to a whole another host of issues which we just went through a ton of them today and then on top of it the 5g still they're cooking you so after somebody has the hysterectomy and they're still exposed to 5g what do you what, what can you say about that as well as for the radiation exposure is that we do have the energy dots to help mitigate that that uh, the problems with on the body so definitely everybody, I think everybody on the planet needs to get our energy dots to, to on all of their devices and wear them like I do. Don't know if you can see this, but- Oh yeah, we can see um, it. So I wear this all the time, sleep with it. And so it's very important. But um, then as far as hormones, uh, the problem with hormone replacement is that the standard of care is still a hormone pill. You do not want to take a hormone pill because the liver considers it toxic and alters it, alters the shape of that hormone, alters its characteristics. So because the body is used to the ovarian hormones being shot straight into the bloodstream, it's not used to going through the digestive tract and through the liver. So even if a woman is given uh, 17 beta estradiol, which is our workhorse. That's that. There's three estrogens. So 17 beta estradiol is one, estrone and estrol. But it's the 17 beta estradiol we lose at menopause and our body starts deteriorating. 
But if we take a 17-bit estradiol pill, 90% of it's converted into estrone, which is our postmenopausal estrogen, which is what leads to weight gain, which is so, and the tissues start uh, falling down because, because we need that 17-bit estradiol. So oral hormones are not good. It also harms the liver. It also gets the liver to kick up a, what's called the sex hormone binding globulin. And that binds it. That's in the bloodstream. It binds any of the hormones. So then they're not available for the tissues. Mm. So you have more of this sex hormone binding globulin. So through the liver, through the mouth, never oral hormones. Okay. So, so for the ladies listening today, if you're on hormone replacement oral, this could be a huge game changer for you. Huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, what else, what else should they look out for? That you found that doesn't work very well for you. Um, well, um, well, well, the major thing is to find horm- hormones that you can replace through the skin. So find doctors who will work with you on creams, making creams that have the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, but also determine like my my hormone valuation. I have you fill out. I can tell if if you need estrogen progesterone, testosterone. So I can tell from that, it, not all women need all three hormones. So it's important to figure that out. So again, this is personalized precision medicine, the right medicine at the right person at the right time. Absolutely. So the creams didn't work for you, but the tablets under the skin did. But what you're saying is that the creams might be enough for some women in a certain mixture, depending on their situation. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. It can yeah, right. And, and then other women the might women need the actual, helped, uh, they might need um, the subcutaneous became. skin uh, tablet insertion. It's usually for the, <clears throat> the women who've had a uterus removed. Um, they're the ones who really need that. Not just menopausal women. You can also to the mucous membranes. So that way is if you can't absorb through the skin. So, but I, I had a woman that I just, she can, you, really, can you say that again? Because you cut, you cut out the reception got a little bad. Okay. So the, um, trochies they're, they're just little tablets that you just put in the side of your cheek and then let it dissolve into the mucous membrane. So it's going into the blood, you know, rather than a pill. And so those work for some women too. So, in okay, fact, so I've you had, have you have creams, you have um, oral um, tablets, oral uh, lozenges. They're lozenges that dissolve uh-huh. through the mucous membrane in the mouth, and then you also have the tablets that are inserted under the skin. They're they're called pellets. Pellets. The problem right now with the pellets, and I've really been struggling, is that the FDA decided that they had to be made in a certain way. You had to make them in batch, pull out one. They they wanted to come in to your drugstore and, and pull out one and make sure it was the right dose that you were saying it was, and also be sterilized. So these new pellets are really not working for me. So I'm trying to figure out a source of pellets. So and I've been gradually gaining more weight because I know I no longer have <sighs> the uh, the hormones that I need in the way I need them into my body so so you did all this work you find the solution and now our government is in there messing with your medicine 
yeah. or under the guise of improving things probably, but the reality is it's uh, it's making it less effective. Right, well, and, and one of the big pharmaceutical companies figured out they could make a testosterone pellet. And so they're kind of, and, and they were in conjunction with the FDA. So they're trying to stop the compounding pharmacists being able to do this because they want to mass produce them, but mass producing them, they don't work. They, they're just, I can't get my dose. And they're putting them in plastic blister packs instead of glass vials. I, I, can't, I can't tolerate plastic. So I, I can't even eat meat that's been wrapped in plastic. So I can't imagine putting something under my skin uh, for six months that's been in plastic. So yeah, and you're highly sensitive. And for those of you out there thinking, well, plastic's not that big of a deal. It really is because it's made from crude oil and everything made from crude oil, all plastics throw off estrogen mimickers. Absolutely. So they're toxins and, and Elizabeth is highly sensitive. So she feels it instantly, whereas you might not feel it, but at some level it's undermining your health. That's why we recommend, you know, not drinking water out of plastic bottles. That's silly. Uh, once you understand it, I mean, it's almost like, I mean, I don't want to be harsh on people, but if you're drinking out of plastic bottles and you have this awareness, you're suicidal. I mean, that's, it's just like, because you're slowly, you're slowly killing yourself. You're throwing off your estrogen, you're throwing off your hormones, you're throwing off your testosterone, your progesterone, everything's getting messed up. In fact, you know, I don't know if we talked about before, but I've, I've said it, that water researchers show that in pristine lakes, 1500 miles into the interior, the little two, and a, two to two and a half inch fishies have both male and female organs. Now they're turning into hermaphrodites. Why? Because of the amount of estrogen mimickers and plastics is so pervasive in our water supply today in our ecosystem. Think about it. I mean, there's there's a movie, a documentary I suggest everybody watch called Tapped, T-A-P-P-E-D, Tapped. And they literally go down to Mexico and they show that there's beaches now that are like half sand, half plastic sand. Like the beach has multicolored sand granules from so much trash and plastic washing up on the beach and breaking and decomposing. And then all this stuff is getting into our ecosystem and it's affecting our hormones and leading to things like sexual problems, osteoporosis, arthrosclerosis, arthritis, fibromyalgia, eye problems, blood pressure issues, depression, weight gain. So why would you want to drink out of a plastic bottle once you get this information? It's like take away the take away one of the major problems that you're um, you might be in, you're ingesting this stuff. So anyway. Well, and also sunscreens because sunscreens are very anti-testosterone. That the the benzo Benzophenone is extremely anti-testosterone and they have uh, experimented with fish, putting fish in with just that one, one chemical that's a sunscreen chemical. Mm -hmm. they, the fish develop uh, mixed up sexual organs. The ovaries and testicles are all mixed up and yeah. they quit spawning because they don't know what they are. They don't know if they're male or female. And it's really it's, sad too, because you see decent good hard-working parents that love their kids they love their kids and they're putting these toxic cancer-causing hormone disrupting uh, you know sunscreens on them and man they're really messing them up and they're trying to protect them from the sun well that that benzophenone is now in um 96 percent of americans blood supply because it's now in our water Mm -hmm. even people who have never used sunscreen it's in their blood 
Yeah. So. Another reason to triple purify your water, guys. Another reason. Like it's you got to get your air right. You got to get your water right. You got to get your food. You want clean air, clean water, clean food. Um, very important stuff. We have to have the right infrastructure, the right environment for our, our immune systems to, to function and, 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 and take care of us. And I totally understand this gender confusion that's happening because these poor young people have been brought up with the estrogenic plastics, the anti-testosterone that's in their blood uh, because of the sunscreen chemicals. And so they don't know. And one of the things that I felt after my ovaries were removed was I felt asexual. I didn't feel female. I didn't feel male. Mm. Just felt asexual, really. And so, and it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to go either side. And so all of this, all of these kids that are so mixed up, whether they're male or female, it, it makes sense. It's just hormones. Yeah, their body's a system and there's inputs and outputs and they really need to focus on the inputs. That's why we really focus over here on, you know, chemical free body, which is getting these toxic chemicals out of the body. This, yeah. this, this, this silent secret small microscopic no CM body burden um, that is really destroying the health. Uh, it's really disrupting hormones of our children and everybody in our community. So, well, um, I wanted to say a few more things about the hormone replacement. Um, doctors are being taught to, um, they're not being taught the normal average doses. They're being taught to overdose. And so I get those calls from all over. Uh, my doctor gave me this. He said it's the normal dose and, and they're way overdosed. The problem with hormones is that the symptoms of lack of hormones and the symptoms of overdose are exactly the same. So they're really struggling trying to get these, these uh, amounts of hormones they have in their body down. And so you really need, when you're working with a doctor, you really need to uh, demand what they're giving you and then uh, demand less. Uh, when I do a hormone um, evaluation, what I do is I give a suggestion as to what would probably be work for you. And so, and you can print that off, take it in the doctor and demand that it's this low uh, because they're not being taught this mm. and they'll try to talk you out of it and uh or that's or really important you know and I, one thing i liked about your book what you said each woman must find her own answers mm. that's really important we want to empower you to heal yourself that's where that's where it's that's what it's all about so if if you know you've dealt with a lot of uh uh women obviously that have been through this what should a woman expect as far as an investment goes to get this hormone, you know, meet with a doctor, go through the process and get on some type of a cream or oral health tablets that dissolve or these pellets, which now are kind of like, man, should we even recommend pellets? Because they were working, but now that the, the changes, mm -hmm. um, what do we do there? Oh, uh, boy, the cost is all over the place. It all depends on where you live. Um, the doctors in the LA basin, uh, Huge amount of money, huge amount to go to them, huge amount for, for like 3000 a month or something, right? It, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's ludicrous. It really is. Um, so you really need to search, um, do a lot of contact with a lot of doctors and ask, 
ask what they're charging because it's so variable, especially all over you, the United States. You have a Rolodex of doctors I'm assuming you work with around the United States. I don't at all anymore because what I found out is that they're trained medically. I'm trained scientifically in clinical lab, not the medical part. So I look at things very differently. I look at them like you're looking at them, um, common sense. And um, I find a doctor, I talk to him, I hear what he says about one thing. And so I've recommended them. And then the person goes to them and I'm horrified at what they've suggested and got them on. Just horrified. It just never occurred to me that that was the training, the medical training these doctors have had. So I really don't recommend anybody anymore. I just, I just don't. So how does somebody find a doctor? We don't want to leave people. I mean, do they just get the book and get educated? You really have to educate yourself and then go in armed and dangerous and say, look, look I'm hiring you and this is what I want to do. And you need to help me through this process. You may or may not be my guy or gal. I'm interviewing you. Is that the best thing to do? Is just get it. Well, you know. that that could be. By the time they read that book, and by the time they're through with my my evaluation of them, they'll know more about hormones than any doctor they talk to, because they're not trained in it. They're just not. And well, so, and I I work with women to uh, what questions to ask. You know what? Do they have people on bioidentical hormones? How long have they been using them? Um, what percentage of their patient population is on bioidentical hormones. So those are questions that are really important to ask the doctor if he believes in them, because he might not believe in them. But you never know. I, my last pellet doctor was an old worldwide or one doctor that he says, oh, I've put pellets in all kinds of people. And, um, and he never asked for blood tests. Uh, he just was just fabulous. He really was. So, so you never know. And he was in my Medicare HMO. And um, so it was my calling all the doctors and then finally finding this man. The, the problem is he's retired now. So, <laughs> but, wow. but, the, but the doctors are out there. So they, they really are. And it's important to work with doctors who understand and I just, I'm in shock at some of the practices that doctors are taught and uh, they think it's okay to do and, it, and it's just not. So besides your own personal journey through getting your, hist your own hysterectomy, ovaries removed, from your journey when it started until you and, and the years it took you to put this book together, how many years of experience do you have just on yourself personally in your own personal journey and writing this book? The book took me 11 years, 11 years to write. My husband rarely saw me because I was in the UCLA library reading until they kicked me out every night. And you um, said there's, there's over 2000 citations to studies, right? Over a thousand. Over a thousand. Yeah. So my point guys is that if you're dealing with, uh, you know, if you're looking at getting your a hysterectomy, um, ovaries removed, or you already had that done, and you want to know, should I do this or not? Well, based on what we learned today, there's a 90% chance that hysterectomies are probably not the best thing for you. Probably should go to hormone replacement therapy first, right? But you're going to need to get educated before you do it so that you're 
you can lead your the physician to do it properly, right? So we've got over 11 years of her life in here, plus she's been consulting people. So I think that this is probably the best thing for them is to get the book and book a consult with you, read the book, have the consult, get educated, and then go start shopping for docs and find one that's going to resonate with you that you like is willing to work with you um, and, 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 and help you and say, hey, look, I, I need you to write these scripts. I need, but you know, we're going to do it my way. Like I'm, I'm the captain of my life and my health and um, just, you know, no offense, okay. but this, this, and they can, you take the doctor, copy the book and say, if you want to get up to speed and when I'm at where I'm at, this is where I'm going. If you want to be on my team, great. I really like you. Or if you don't like him, then, you know, next, right. You got to find, it's really important to work with a doctor that you resonate with that you like. I it's, think that's it's very willing important to work with you. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's open-minded It's willing to work. And there's, yeah. there's, they're, they're out there. You just have to, you know, yeah. you gotta kiss a lot of frogs. That's the way it is. Right. Yeah. Cause over the 30, 35 years I've been doing the hormone replacement, I've gone through quite a few doctors. They've died. They've retired there. So, so yeah. yeah. So, and I've always found one that is, was everything I needed. One of the things I wanted to bring up was tubal ligations because tubal ligations can cause all kinds of hormone havoc. And the doctors just tell you it can't be your tubal and just write you off. And this is for uh, pregnancy prevention, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, getting your tubes tied. Right. Yeah. So it's, so just so, getting your tubes tied could lead to very similar symptoms that we talked about from, yes. from the hysterectomy. Yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, just my neighbor, um, the husband came out and he goes, my wife is experiencing all these things. And and uh, she had had a tubal and it was all from the tubal and the doctors were telling her it couldn't possibly be. So. Yeah, it, don't use common sense and think, you know, you know, whatever, millions or billions of years of evolution on this planet. And we have this super unbelievable intricate system and all the interconnections, the cardiovascular system, the lymphatic system, our gut brain access and all these things, it's all connected. A lot of people, one thing that really blew me away was when I learned that um, your gut and brain were one cell and then they divide, right? But they're still connected. So that's one cell that divides. And then one of those cells keeps dividing into the gut and the other one divides into the brain. And think about it. Look at the brain. What's the brain look like? What's the gut look like? Kind of similar, right? It's like, looks like, a, you know, with the tubes running around. If you, if you look at a, a picture of a model of a, you know, a physical body where they, you know, those dummies where you can look inside there and you look at the guts, you can see the guts and brains kind of look like each other, right? So there's, there's all these, these interconnections inside of our body and there's a system. And to think that you can go in and cut a hole into the system, breach, breach it, which is a problem all on its own, and then get in there and tie off some tubes and not think it's not going to affect everywhere else. Because I'm telling everybody here emphatically, one thing I've learned is that your body, if you affect one thing, it's going to affect everything, right. right? It's the same thing. It's all a system, right? So if, if you, like me, I had an organ removed. I'll just cut it out. You don't need it. Well, guess what? Now I have a major deficiency there and my body's going to have to work. It's going to have to overcome. It's going to figure things out, right? right. That's, yeah. just, that's just the way things work. So and, and also for EMF, wherever you have a cut, that's where the EMF pours into the body. Before I found these energy dots that I wear, if I spend an hour at the computer, my hysterectomy scar would just just get horrible. It'd get red and irritable and itchy and painful. 
but doesn't happen anymore. But still, that's where they they enter. And I'm finding that people who are sensitive to EMF, uh, they do, they have a history of some type of surgery, because mm -hmm. they're open to the EMF pouring into their body there. Awesome. Well, Elizabeth, I want to thank you for coming on again to the show today. I thought this was a, I, it's, you completely, I was excited to have you on. I knew it was an important topic, but um, I'm even like more excited about the information that you were able to share today and the, and the awareness that we're able to give to the women out there and to the guys too, because like guys, like, you know, if, if your woman's like down and out, like she's connected to you. So everything there, there's interconnections are everywhere. Like Absolutely. if your health drops, man, your relationships go down, your finances go down. It just, you know, your, your spiritual life, everything goes down when your health is down. Right. Cause yeah, I, I just want to share with you. I, I, we were in, um, we were in El Paso and I was giving talks to women uh, about their hormones and somebody called me and said, I've got you a spot on a radio show. And I didn't know what it was. And so when I connected to the show, it was a sports show. And I was just like, he's, and he was so excited about what I was sharing because he said, man, you know, you women affect us, you know, affect us men. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, you're right. It's definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah. again, what I want you guys to do is I, I, you know, people can do what they want, but I, if you want to, I highly recommend that you get a copy of her book, um, your guide to hysterectomy, ovary removal, and hormone replacement, and then go to her um, website and book an appointment. So we will put a link to your site down below in the description for those of you listening or watching on YouTube or any other, um, you know, YouTube-like version, social media channel. And, Thanks so um, much and, for your and, valuable. And, yeah. Oh, no. You are it's, doing it's, a valuable service. Well, I really appreciate you. And to the listeners out there around the world, we love you guys so much. And we want to thank you for uh, listening and tuning into the show. Um, I want to thank you for sharing. Um, I hope, again, this is another really, I think, a super important episode. I mean, you could change the quality of somebody's life just by having this information. They, they Instead of going to the right, they could go to the left, maybe not get the hysterectomy, get some hormone replacement therapy, and then start working on things like, you know, stress levels and, and really getting healthy and boosting their immune system and completely change the quality of their life and everyone connect to them, which is all of us. It really is all of us. So our listeners out there are awesome. I want to thank the people all over the place, Europe, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Um, uh, we have people everywhere. You know, we, it's, it's just unbelievable to me. And you guys, please share this episode, like it, subscribe. And, um, uh, until next time, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you guys all again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening again to The Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. Ha, ha, ha.